Look at these birds. I wonder how they died like that. Stop. Don't touch it. It may be infectious. What is that? What is that? What is it? They're eating her. That wouldn't do at all. Oh, God, that's a bird. And then they're going to eat me. This isn't plans one through eight from outer space. Not the bird. This is plan nine. Oh, hi, Mark. This is the one that worked. You got ten. start this i just my like default in my mouth when i say that that was weird is doing the matthew mcconaughey all right all right all right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why that's what my default is maybe that's why he talks like that maybe it's why he talks like that yeah just like a good he's just always ready always ready yeah um yeah maybe something like that Okay, no more banter. All right. Hey, welcome to Bad Movie Date Night. Uh, I'm your host, Nigel, from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me, as always, my wife, Caitlin. Hi. And this is the podcast where we talk about bad movies, and we share our thoughts and opinions with you, the listeners. And this week, we are talking about Birdemic, Shock and Terror, the 2010 film directed by James Wynn, and uh, he calls this a romantic horror thriller or a romantic thriller or something like that definitely the vibes i got from it i mean i don't know how you can watch this movie and not get those vibes from it this is this is one of the this is a landmark movie for us i'm actually kind of mad now that i think about it because i think last episode was 47 we're like three away from doing 50 we Mm. should have saved this for 50 because it's such a big deal it is a big deal. This is this is a top contender for one of the best worst movies. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you don't have to agree with it. It's just it's, it's just, a fact. It's fact. <laughs> if you Google best worst movies, it's usually within the top five of a top ten list. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that's adequately placed, appropriately placed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's something. Do you want to try to describe it to people? Um, I literally felt like I was watching Sim characters interact in like a Sim universe, if you know what that is. But it's just people living their lives, which I always said I wanted more movies about. But after this, I'm starting to question that idea. And... What, about 47 minutes into the movie, we finally see Birdemic begin, and it lasts, what, all of 20 minutes? 30 minutes? This movie is, let's see, an hour and 45 minutes. And I'm pretty certain it takes a very long time to get to the birds. It it does. This is, this movie's weird. It it takes 47-ish minutes for the birds to show up. Mm-hmm. And the first half of the movie feels incredibly long. So long. But then the last half of the movie also feels incredibly long. Yeah. Parts but, of it. 
Right. And then parts of it just seemed like I, I was very disoriented by time in this movie. Time is a meaningless construct for this movie. I think so. You don't know how many days have passed. No. Hours. No. Minutes. No. <laughs> I, just, I think the only way I gathered is when people change clothes. I thought, okay, I think this is a new day now. It's at minimum a new day. And then, the, like, at one point, the main character, Rod, he... Uh, he does say it's been a week. He, sa- he says one week something happens, then another week something happens. So... How long did he say it took to film this movie? Four years. What? Yeah. Four years? He, no, that's not what he said. The guy who plays Rod? Yeah, he said it took him like four what? years to film this movie because they could only shoot it on weekends. Oh my gosh. That is a big commitment for this. Do you want to guess what the budget I think is? you have to love it after this. You have to love being in this movie if it took you four years to make it. I mean, I, I don't think he loves it, but I think he just... He just is surprisingly optimistic. I think you have to be. Because if you devoted four years to something, you have to like it. Well, I mean, it's kind of like the end of The Disaster Artist where he, Tommy Wiseau, or James Franco as Tommy Wiseau, like, just accepts that he, like, it is what it is. I feel like he more than accepts it, though. This I would guy, be... Rod. I, I want to know what James Nguyen's opinion of this movie is. I want to hear him say some stuff. Cause well, he had to have thought it was good because he made three more movies like it. Right. What is this? What movie is that? Oh, it's Birdemic 2. Look at that. They had an actual budget for Birdemic 2. How much was it for the first Birdemic film? $10,000. They spent more money marketing this movie than they did actually making the movie. Once it was like picked up to be distributed. Oh my gosh. Uh, so here's an interesting fact. You know how the movie has credits that go on for like 20 minutes? Yes. There really was like no actual crew for the movie. He just like filled in different jobs with random names because he wanted it to seem like a real movie. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> that's just sad. There were two makeup artists that actually quit. And oh. uh, uh, eventually the actress Whitney Moore, who plays Natalie, took over doing makeup for the movie. Oh, that's so sad. So a lot of them had to like do the jobs of the people making the movie. Wow. They must have really wanted to be actors. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, so James Nguyen, he's made four movies now. This guy keeps getting money to make movies. I'm concerned about that. Well, I I wonder if, like, his first couple movies he funded himself. Somehow he got Tippi Hedren to be in the first movie he made. Uh, Oh, look, that's the mom from Birdemic. She was also in his first movie, Julian Jack. We should find his other movies. I would be very curious to watch them. I want to know how they got funded. I'm sure he paid for paid for it himself. 
does he have that much money? I mean, it took him four years to make Birdemic, so it's not like he had it all up front. If you're just shooting a movie on the How weekends. How much did he pay the actors? I imagine they got very little to be in this oh, movie. Oh, those poor people. I mean, David Lynch shot Eraserhead, I think, over four years. So, well, just to give you an idea of a good movie made four years in a, right. this. Also, David Lynch, there's probably a lot of reasons it took him four years to make that movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't really remember what the whole story is with that. I forget. He's a very particular person. But this isn't the David Lynch cast, so let's talk about some of the actors in it real quick. Because uh, James Wynn, he wrote this. Also, he credited himself twice. As the director? As the writer. writer, director. But he's also on there as screenplay and story. I don't... I know. I saw his name come up a lot during the beginning. I can't remember. Is that like a normal thing for movies where they I say feel story like... and... Maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's probably pretty common. Yeah. All right, so Alan Rod. Alan Bag. His character's name is Rod. His pretty much the only thing that he's been in is a uh, couple shorts and he was in an episode of Parks and Rec before he made this movie, I believe. Or no, this was after. So that's good for him, you know? And then he's been in, like, a couple other random things. Um, in very small capacity. He kind of accepts Birdemic for what it is, and he just enjoys the fact that people enjoy it, even though he knows that it's a terrible movie in actuality. He said it wasn't that bad. He was just hoping that that the birds would be fixed. Yeah, he was disappointed by the birds. And he said every and actor's got to start somewhere, and he's not wrong. The, there's so much more to be disappointed by than the birds. The birds were the bottom barrel of my complaints. Honestly, the birds are probably the least egregious part of this movie. Right. Um, the Natalie, dialogue's pretty high up there with bad. Yeah. Uh, Whitney Moore who plays Natalie. She is in a movie house of the demons. And this looks like an internet show called Thrashtopia. Um, so that's, that's cool. I mean, great. Good for her. And like a bunch of other cheapy horror movie type things. It looks like she is currently in something or, um, let's see. She has two upcoming projects. The Zelda project. Don't know what that is because there's no description. And the downside of bliss. Okay. With our best friend, Eric Roberts from Stocked by My Doctor. Wow. Worlds collide. And Billy Zane. Billy Zane. Man, I love Billy Zane. It's kind of... I feel bad for him because I feel like he hasn't really been in anything in any major capacity. Oh, I guess he's in The Boys, but I don't remember him in that. Maybe he's in season two. I don't know. No, he's in season one. Oh. He has ten upcoming projects, so... 
Anyways, this isn't the Zane cast or the Lynch cast. Ironically, Billy Zane, season two of Twin Peaks with David Lynch. So I guess we're bringing things small circle, full circle. I don't know. I would be very curious to hear her thoughts about being in this movie. Yeah. Versus uh, Rod's. But I don't know. If I was a smart person, I would try to distance myself from this as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's some fun facts about this. Uh, apart from the credits being faked uh, and taking over the makeup artist, to advertise the movie, James Wynn rented a van and stuck a bunch of birds on the side of it and the title of the movie, but he spelled it wrong. Oh, my God. So <laughs> he was driving around with a van that said Bid Remick on it. <laughs> That sounds like this movie's cursed. Yeah. Uh, it was inspired by the birds and an inconvenient truth. In case you didn't know. Um, what was that movie about? An inconvenient truth? Yeah. That's Al Gore's documentary oh, about that's right, global that's warming. Right. I forgot. And uh, supposedly he never paid some guy for uh, visual effects. Well, he had no money, too, so. Yeah. Um, and the guy actually didn't deserve, did you see those visual effects? He wanted to get paid for that? Yeah, I think, well, I think he didn't get paid for for a different movie that he wanted digital effects for, which is why mm-hmm. he probably used clip art for this one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in case, oh. Some of the stock music, I think I told you this already, was used in Showgirls 2. Mm-hmm. So to tie that back to a previous episode of our podcast, which now I feel like I kind of have to watch Showgirls 2, but I have no desire to. I thought, I, I mean, I guess I knew it was stock music, but I literally thought like his nephew played piano and he was just like, do you want to just like play some songs for my movie? Yeah. And the guy was like, okay. I mean, like, the opening song kind of sounds like something you'd hear as, like, a demo of some music on, like, a keyboard or something. Right. I just felt like it was his nephew. But, I mean, it makes sense. It was stock music. Yeah. Oh, the episode of Parks and Rec that Alan Bag was in is the Eagleton episode. Mm-mm, don't so, remember. I mean, there's it's lots a, of Eagleton episodes. Uh, well, the title of the episode was Eagleton. Oh, so that's kind of funny because there are eagles <laughs> in this. Were they eagles? They kept saying that they were eagles. But I wasn't convinced. <laughs> you mean you weren't convinced by the <laughs> incredibly realistic CGI? No, I couldn't prove that they were eagles, but I also could not not prove that they were eagles. Do you want to try to describe what the birds look like in this? They, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to compare it to other than, like, it is clip art, but, like, like, like when clip art first became, like, a big thing, remember? Clip art was, like really cool and like, like in Microsoft school. Word. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like somebody took a Microsoft Word and searched like birds in clip art and then found this picture and then just like copied it all over the page. Yeah. 
There, it's very painfully obvious that the birds are not actually interacting with their surroundings. Right. And they do, in many ways, hover over the film, yeah. if that's even what you could call it. I wonder what he shot this on. I hope they have that information on here. They probably, probably not. shot it on a camera. I mean, a phone. I also think the birds remind me of when, like... I feel like this is really going to, like, date myself. But whenever you were a kid and you played those um, games on the computer where, like, you could put stickers on a page and then you just, like, click the sticker that you wanted and drag it over to the scene. And if you click the sticker, like, multiple times, more of that item would appear on the scene. That's literally what I felt like the birds were like. But I don't know if many people are gonna get that reference. But I mean, I didn't. But like, I, I you don't you don't know what I'm talking about like when you play like computer games as a kid and they would have like a scene of something. Like I remember there was this one like scene that I like to do as like a, a musical stage, and then they had like a column on the right hand side that would have different pictures that you could select and you could like drag them over. Okay, well, I'm going to have to call my brother now and ask him because now I just feel crazy. I like how when you, when I say that I, like, you tell me something from your childhood and I say I have no idea what you're talking about, you call your brother for, like, validation that it exists. Right. Like, as if, like, just because I didn't have it in my childhood doesn't Well, it mean makes that, me like... confused. Like, I don't know if it was real or not. <laughs> <laughs> we should... Probably explore that a little bit. That's <laughs> concerning. I'm going to Google it, too. Um, I don't know what I would Google, but I'll Google it. So one of the early inspirations for this movie was Apocalypse Now. That was inspiration for this movie? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. He... How would you describe the dialogue in this movie? Like if your Spanish teacher wrote you a scene to do in Spanish class when you don't know half of the correct um, ter like terms and conjugation of verbs in Espanol and she gives you a really crappy, me, I'm okay, Caitlin. But like El taco, por favor. <laughs> yeah, but in English. Yeah. Did you have to, in your Spanish class, did your teacher give you those to do? No, or we had to write to, them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we had to partner up with people. And yeah, write, and write a scene. Yeah. yeah. Which I, that's always what I think about whenever I watch that community episode. Yeah. Uh, oh, how's that go? Me amo Troy. Don't die. Uh, Asta. La biblioteca. The, uh, okay. Uh, he, yeah, it's it's like learning a conversation for the first time. Yeah. In, in a new Yeah, but like in English. Right. So it's just very stilted and. Choppy and like not. There's no slang, obviously. Yeah. There's no, there's no like pacing to it. No. And, like, one of the videos that we watched, just to kind of, like, refresh ourselves on some clips, they, they even point out that, like, there's a new shot for every di line of dialogue. 
Mm-hmm. So it's not like they film one continuous scene where people are talking back and forth. It's I wonder like, why they did that. Well, he shot on mini DV, which was like an early form of digital with like a tiny disc. Mm. And so I don't know if that's just how he edited the movie because he wanted like the best lines of dialogue or because like a lot of early digital cameras had short filming times. I mean, I don't think that they were like one line of dialogue short. (laughs) Uh, But it's definitely a choice that was made about this movie. I want to go. I want to talk about all the dialogue. There's so many dialogues that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Did you want to talk about them like while we're going through the movie or did you want to talk about them all up front? I don't know. I'll try to talk about them while we're going through it, but I might forget and have to like add a bunch at the end. Well, the one one thing I just want to point out before I forget about it is so when the bird demic occurs, they meet a series of people in similar fashion to like a like a Wizard of Oz or like an Alice in Wonderland situation. To help move the story along? Yeah. Yeah. And each person they meet has more information to tell them about why the Birdemic is happening. Mm-hmm. And it usually ends up being a very lengthy anti or like is it anti-global warming or like a like a PSA about yeah, global PSA. warming and how it's affecting the world and why being a tree hugger is awesome. Mm-hmm. And in like, oh, at one point, like a character makes a very harsh, like anti-war statement. So it's there are a lot of ideas being thrown around in this movie. Do you think that James Newen likes war? I mean, he, if Apocalypse Now was a loose <laughs> inspiration for this movie at first, I think he's very anti-war. Do you think that he is buying into global warming and how we are destroying the planet? I mean, he's definitely definitely in that camp um was that clear or do you think like he should have added a little bit more about that i feel like you're being really sarcastic <laughs> at this point because of how heavy-handed the message of this i movie i is. i just feel like it would have i would have had a more clear understanding of his beliefs if he played like an announcement at the end like this film was brought to you to wait to raise awareness for global warming and you didn't think that having a giant white poster board in a hotel room that says imaginepeace.com on it was sufficient no i really think the like psa he could have provided at the end really would have like that would have done it for it me. Really would have brought the message of the movie right. to then the I'd forefront. Be like, oh, this is what he's talking about. Right. Okay. Right. I don't know why you started getting all sarcastic <laughs> with that all of a sudden, but it was hilarious. <laughs> I wasn't being sarcastic. You really think that like it wasn't clear? It it definitely what his was movie... not clear. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: this movie was very clearly anti-bird flu. Yeah, it was anti-bird flu. Um, Anti-SARS. 
<laughs> pro sex. Pro sex. <laughs> and pro Yoko Ono. Yeah. Yeah. Also pro wigs. And pro wigs. <laughs> uh, what was that guy's also name? Also pro Victoria's Secret. Pro Victoria's Secret. And pro <laughs> hybrid farms. I don't know what that guy did. No, he no, he was a software salesman. Far- no, the State Farm. Uh, when they're having that conversation at the restaurant, you can see like a giant State Farm logo behind her. That's hilarious. Uh, also, they didn't get any permits to film this movie, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, you think? <laughs> there will be scenes where they're driving their car and the road seems very empty. And then they're on the side of the road and you can see all the cars driving by. Oh my it's gosh. Amazing. My favorite is when they pointed out that bird in the scene. The dead bird? No. Whenever, I don't know what's happening, oh, but there's like yeah, a bird yeah. that's not part of Bird Dummick. <laughs> he was off that day. There's a scene where they're eating lunch at the beach, which we'll talk about that in a minute. But in the background, you can see a bird chilling. <laughs> And apparently that bird didn't there. get the memo. <laughs> he couldn't have like ran over there and got the bird to go away before shooting that scene. He, I guess like that bird didn't feel like killing himself for the sake <laughs> of the species by blowing up. I don't know. Oh, that was good. So this movie opens up with the longest title sequence I think I've ever experienced in a movie. I mean, The Shining. Yeah, but at least that's interesting because oh, you're it's looking at so interesting. That was no, no, that wasn't. I that did sound really. That's not. I actually really love the opening to The Shining. I think it really, really, really sets up the movie and does a phenomenal job with that. Right. It is interesting. This it's one is very not. Fun. Yeah, this movie is. <laughs> this the movie opens with Rod. He's in his car. His hybrid Mustang, as that we find out. That he needs to put gas in, though. Well, yeah, yeah, Hybrids still take gas. Yeah, like um, the diesel? No, they take regular gas. No, he, like, put diesel in it. I mean, he gets, like, a thousand miles to the gallon or something, <laughs> so... Uh, he... Uh, it's him driving. Sometimes we see the outside of the car. Most of the time we're inside the car with a camera that is... Very slanted. Oh my gosh, it got so car sick. Yeah, and when you pointed out that you were feeling car sick, I started to feel car sick. Yeah. So he'll, you'll be driving down the road, and all of a sudden the, the camera starts looking off to the side, and then it swings back to the road real quick Ugh. while it's going down a curvy Don't even talk mountain about road. It. It sick. <laughs> that was horrible. And uh, so after like five minutes of that goes by. Eventually, Rod shows up at this restaurant where he sits Rod. down. Yeah, that's such a weird name. It's fitting for the character, though. He sits down. Actually, the first line of dialogue in this movie doesn't match the woman's mouth. No, it doesn't. And the, the funny thing, too, is it's like... Delayed. Hi! Hi! <laughs> but it's, like, delayed. Like, he says hi, then you see her and she smiles and says... Hi! Yeah. It's <laughs> like, okay. And she's like Russian? Yeah, I don't... She has some kind of accent. It's 
something in that area of the world. I that sounds I probably terrible. Sound ignorant. I know. I am sorry. It may be a little Russian. I don't know. It struck me as a choice that her character made, and they did not like it, which is why they recorded the audio at the beginning. But Rod sits down. He takes the menu from the waitress and then just immediately starts staring at Natalie from across the, the bar, the dining room. Mm-hmm. For an uncomfortable, I felt yeah. very uncomfortable. And like, doesn't he like move his head around to like even get like better views of her? Like he's yeah. fully checking her out, like head to toe, he's checking this girl out. And it's like, how it's long... like it's like if a girl in real life noticed a guy was doing that to her. That's when you grab your like pepper spray and you call a friend on your phone and, and you're like, I'm gonna pretend like I'm talking to this friend so that I don't get. Maybe she did notice him because she gets up to leave pretty much. It's like he sits down, stares at her forever, and then she gets up and leaves. Mm -hmm. And he waits until, well, he stares at her very clearly the entire time she walks out of the restaurant. Um, like up and down stares at her. Yeah. Like an uncomfortable way. Yeah. Then proceeds, she's out of the restaurant and halfway down the street before he decides to run out and chase after her. But his run is hilarious. Oh, his, can we just talk about how his walking in general is it's hilarious? It's so funny. Because sometimes he's walking very slow and deliberately, mm-hmm. but then other times it just looks kind of normal. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, it's like someone told him that he walks too fast. And so he's like, I gotta slow down, but he wants to walk fast. But like you can see it on his yeah, face. Like, that's exactly slow, what slow, he's walk focused slow, on. Walk slow, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and they strike up a conversation. No, Nigel. How do they strike up a conversation? I don't know. You, you, I'm pretty sure he's like, "Hi," and then like five minutes later, she's like, "Hi." Yeah, there's then, a lot of delays in the dialogue. In there's the so much delay, and it's, like, really uncomfortable. And then he's like, I think we went to high school together. And she was like, oh, yeah, I remember you in this class. Which, like, whatever. Like, if someone came up to me that I went to high school with, like, I probably would remember them because I had, like, five people in my high school. But right. nonetheless, like, I don't really buy it. They live in, what, California? So I'm thinking he went to a pretty big, uh, like, school, but whatever. But my favorite is he says, hey, did you go to such and such high school? And then literally yeah, yeah, yeah. two seconds later, yeah. he goes, so do you live around here? Yeah, that was the best part. He's like, no, he doesn't. Or he did ask. He was like, do you go to such and such high school? And he, and she was like, yeah. And then he was like, yeah, I remember you in blah, blah, blah's class. And then he's like, do you live around here? And I literally paused the movie and I was like, did he just ask that? Like, was that a real question? Yeah. That's like when, when that's like the only line you know how to say in span like again with the Spanish class analogy. That's like the only like line you know how to say so you just like put it in there to Right. It doesn't make any sense. No. And no one what's amazing to me, okay, so we talked about this before on Troll 2 about how the actors told the director that's not how we would say things. Right. Did no one stop and say right. this is not how this conversation would go? Right. Did they think it was yeah, normal. normal people talk like this. And then like... I've been a human being for how many <laughs> years? <laughs> and then d- don't... Like, doesn't he ask for her number by saying like, 
Can I have your contact information? He says, I'd love to keep in contact with you. Is that what he says? Something I like to, that. Like, I love to keep in contact with you. And but she goes, here's my line, card. Inst- and he goes, here's my card. And it's like. This is 2010. Like, everybody has a cell phone at this point. Right, but they got cards. But they have cards. And instead of saying, hey, uh, can I have your phone number? They just say, I'd like to keep in contact with you. Right. Or they use the word contact. And I just, I was kind of thinking about that for a very long time while we were watching. Right. Like an unnecessary amount of time. It takes you out of that whole scene. Yeah. And then, like. She says that she's a model, and he goes, a very pretty one at that. Nope. That's creepy. <laughs> like, if, if a girl, like, is a model, and she tells a guy that, I, if you're just meeting that girl, I would not say a very pretty one at that. That makes a girl feel uncomfortable. Maybe it's just me, but I would feel uncomfortable. Like I'm glad that you're getting this PSA out there. More people need to hear this. Oh my gosh. The here's something. I need to go back to this for a second. So you ask if you went to a, a certain high school, and then you ask if you live around there. The implication being that they both went to high school somewhere else, then moved to the area that they're right. in. Which, okay, that's very rare. Like, right. neither of them seem to be impressed by that. No. It's not like if you go to college and then, you know, you end up living in that college town. Right. That's, okay, I just need to get that out there. I just want people to understand how I'm pretty weird sure that they is. lived in that town. And then, he, like, they went to high school in that town. Right. They both lived there. Maybe but it's yet a big town and there's, question. like, multiple high schools, too. You know, maybe. Don't they do their job introductions at that point, too? Because she says that she's a model when they meet, and he goes, I'm a salesman or something, right? No, because I think he brings up... Later? Yeah. Okay. He, like, does his whole spiel. Later. He's very delayed with responding to her about <laughs> things. Because, like, she'll ask, him, she'll ask him questions, and then two whole scenes will go by before he asks her the same question. Sometimes days. Sometimes weeks. I don't know. Time's irrelevant. <laughs> Time in this movie doesn't exist. Uh, okay. Also, okay. So then we go to their normal days. So he leaves the restaurant where he ate food. Which I don't even like, know he, if he did food. eat food. I don't know. Then he oh, goes no, to no, the no. gas station. He goes home. No, no, no. First he goes to the gas station. Okay. And he gets gas in his Mustang. Which is a hybrid. Right. And then the next scene, cut to him at home watching the morning news, drinking coffee and eating a donut. With different clothes on. With different clothes on. So I think it was a different day because different clothes. That's how I tell time in this story. Yeah. Are they wearing the same clothes? Right. Then I know it's the same day, except for the scene where they have sex. Because then the next day, I know it has to be the next day. (laughs) (laughs) but they're still in the same clothes so i don't know how much time goes by they could have been in that hotel for weeks we actually don't know that's true they they were in that hotel long enough for him to lose his car key so it could be an insane amount of time i love that okay Uh, anyway so the news on the tv (laughs) you only see the lady from like her shoulders up (laughs) 
With like a TV next to her. Yeah. It's so unproportional. But there's like eight feet of screen above her head. Oh my gosh. And then later they show the, the news and they're playing video talking about the melting sea ice. And, sea uh, ice, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know if that's like the right thing to say. But I it don't just, know. It sounded weird. It sounded un- weird. weird. Sea ice? You mean like... But the video I, that they're showing on the TV still has the Getty Images watermark. On that it. was my favorite part. <laughs> Literally, Getty Images. You you could have like filmed that yourself. No, where's he gonna get the money to film polar bears and like melting like put, ice caps? Put literally, this would not have made a difference in the movie. Put a man in a polar bear costume and show him on some ice. Yeah, with like some ice on the counter melting. Because, like, that wouldn't affect your movie, trust me. Trust me. You're not wrong. All right. So he's eating a donut and drinking his coffee and watching the morning news. Again, this is just a movie about everyday life. So then he goes to work. Or nobody else works there. Except for his friend at one scene. Rick. Rick. Like, all of the guys in this movie have our names. Rod. Rick. Okay. No, Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, but we, this is how we're in, this is how we're introduced to him at his job. He's on his little headset thing. In a cubicle. In a cubicle. And he says, so what do I need to do to get your business? Okay. That was the fastest sale anyone's ever made. Well, I mean, I like to think that we cut in like at the end of it. Like they got through their like nonsense and then he's like, all right. You know, enough with the <laughs> enough with the nonsense. Like, let's talk numbers. And they and we don't hear what they say. No. But he says, Okay, I'll match that and give you a fifty percent discount. <laughs> which is like awful. Like I feel like you're giving away whatever you're selling for free. But what was his sale? A million dollars. A million dollars. He goes, Woo! <laughs> Freeze. <laughs> There's like no one no else one in their office. And his friend comes in. What's all the noise about? No, he goes like, what? Well, like, I think he started too early. And they're like. His friend like stutter, he stumbles stutter. over his words and they never fix it. No, he's like, what? what? What was all the noise about? I just caught the big fish. Oh, yeah. How much? A million dollars. What does his friend say that I forget? He was wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> It was so stupid. And then we go to her job, and she's a model at a one-hour photo shoot. That was the best. <laughs> to be fair, the sign outside does say professional photography and passport photos. Yeah. So, I don't know. But She does, she- like, like what, like Kmart advertisement or something? No, it not does. even Kmart. Like, oh, man. I don't know. In this day that. and age, the only thing I could think of worse is Sears, but that's because they're out of business. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, same company owns them, so. Yeah, but then luckily she gets a call for the big job, a Victoria's Secret cover model. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that it was a big deal, but apparently it is, so. I mean, it's better than her one-hour photo, so. Yeah. Uh, so then Rod's leaving work, or, yeah, Rod's leaving leaving work, and he decides to call her. And she, he's like, it starts off really normal. Like, hey, you know, it's Rod from earlier, remember? And she goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, but doesn't he say it's Rod? Did he say from earlier or the other day? 
I can't remember. But that was also made me very confused about how much time has gone by at this point. Is this the next day that he's calling her? Is it the same day? Is it a week later? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, like, the way he introduces himself was, like, normal for, hey, yeah, you know, yeah. in case you don't know. He has an iPhone, by the way. So, that, yeah. I mean, no reason he should have been trading cards earlier. Uh, but then there's, like, this long pause, and he goes, so how's your day? Like, don't, like, why are you getting into pleasantries? Right, like, you called, now give me a reason you called. Yeah, and she says that she'll be a Victoria's Secret model. No, no, he talks about himself first. Yeah, yeah, so he's like, oh, okay, I made a big sale. Yeah, he's like, she's like, how's your day? And he's like, great, I made a big sale today. She's like, really? That's great. I... I'm going to be a Victoria's Secret model or something like that. And he goes, wow, I think you'll look great in those lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, that's when... Should also be a red flag. Right, you just hang up the phone. If a guy says that to me, I'm like, click, bye. We done. Uh, Inappropriate. Yeah. This is, like, what, the second time they've ever talked? Yeah. Because they didn't talk in high school? Because we know... No, we know they didn't because on their date, he goes... I was shy. I miss that. Oh, yeah. They talk about how he never said anything to her in high school. And she goes, why didn't you ever talk to me in high school? And he's like, I was shy. And I was like, that's okay. Uh, anyways, he asked her to lunch or dinner the next day. No, that day. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he asked her to dinner that day. That day. day. He says, do you want to get dinner tonight to celebrate our success? And she goes, yeah. And Uh, he says, I know a great Vietnamese restaurant. I'll see you there. And then they hang up the phone. So she has no clue where or when to meet him. Right. Which is further evidenced by the fact that he's then playing basketball with his friend and says, oh, I'm meeting this girl this weekend. Right. And it was like, wait, what? I thought you were meeting her tonight. But then doesn't she tell her mom that they're meeting for lunch over the weekend? Yeah. So there are now... I don't... (laughs) We have not seen them on their date yet, but they apparently have three (laughs) dates lined up. Good for them. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But when he's playing basketball with his friend, this is my favorite. He's playing basketball with his friend, and they get done, and he goes... He literally puts his hand to his forehead and goes, Woo! Like, it's like, hot out. It's hot out. And I'm like, okay, nobody does that. No. Uh, and his friend, he's, so he's talking to his friend about the girl. And the guy said, what does his friend say? His friend's like asked if he's going to get laid. Yeah. And. He's like, so you're going to have sex with her? I'm pretty sure that's what he says. Yeah. And Rod's like, no, I'm, I'm going to wait. Right. And then his friend's like, a day without sex is a day wasted, man. Yeah. And he's like making really awkward motions with his arms. Oh my gosh. Um, and then is that when they, then they're at the business meeting at their office where they say that their company got sold. Oh my gosh. Also another great scene. Which they literally have to show every, there's a shot of every, every single, single person. person in that room clapping. Because their company was bought and like they get to cash out their stock options or whatever. For a billion dollars. For a billion dollars and everyone is clapping. Very long and drawn out. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a solar panel salesman who tells Rod it's going to be $20,000 to put solar panels on his house. And then Rod asks him for a discount, so he says, I'll knock $1,000 off. Which, I mean, I guess, like, you take what you get, but it just seems <laughs> like a really trivial number. Right. In the grand scheme of $20,000. Maybe, well. maybe, are we poor? <laughs> maybe if, like, you're Rod and you have a million dollars now, like. Who cares? Yeah. I think maybe we're just poor. But he, at, no, he, Rod asked for the discount. Right. I mean, you're you're going to you're always going to like wheel and deal people. I guess he is a salesman, so. Yeah. But he doesn't really know a good deal then. If he's giving things away for 50%. <laughs> also, we skipped over this, but when Natalie goes to her mom's house oh, yeah. to ask about or I don't even know why she's there. She wanted to tell her mom that she got a gig as a Victoria's Secret model and she has a date with Rod. And her mom goes, that's my girl, and holds up her thumb and gives her daughter a thumbs up for an incredibly long amount of time. And I know what you're thinking. Like, it's probably not that bad. It's like, what, 10 extra seconds? No, it has to be like a solid, like, 20 extra seconds where she just holds up her thumb. I mean, it's not like 20 seconds, but it is unnecessarily long. But it's awkward. Like, it's awkward. She even puts her thumb down before the scene cuts to it's the next so scene. It's so awkward. Also, she's at her mom's house and her mom said that she's making lunch and she has like a whole deli platter out. Yeah. I don't know what kind of lunch she was making. I mean... But I just thought that was also a weird choice. Not to be mean, but she was a large woman. Well, you so don't maybe, need a whole deli platter. I mean, if you're retired and you just watch <laughs> TV all day, like, you're probably eating that whole deli platter. Oh. Maybe. Those are my goals for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. The So then they're on their date. He talks about how he likes football. She talks about she wants a guy that's kind and caring and stuff and then he walks her home even though they both drove to the restaurant separately do you like how she she like played him though and was like i have like this guy in my life or whatever and he's like the best thing and he's like is that a picture of your boyfriend he gets like really upset with her yeah that was a red flag for me right I and forgot about the cat. Where is the cat? She is not concerned about she's that not cat about for, her, or her at mom. all. When birds start attacking, I'm calling my mom and dad birds, and saying, "Are you okay?" Birds are the natural predators of, of cats. cats. When the birds attack, so I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they go on their date, and when they're walking home, they see a tree with. Three birds that are photoshopped. Yeah, so, this is this is just to give you an idea of what's to come. That was special. Yeah. But he walks her home, even though they both met separately at the restaurant. Yeah, they very obviously drive. Right. Drove. And and like they very clearly show show that, but yeah. yet they walk home. And uh, then he's like, Can I go inside your apartment? And she said I'm not that kind of girl. Not on the first date. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But um, the second date, that's a different story. 
All right, I'm going to kind of quickly skip through some things. Oh, we can't. It's just all so important. Well, I don't remember, like, the order of events. Because, like, so they plan a double... There's one... They go on a date. No, that's the date that happens before everything goes down. Mm-hmm. Where they're at the restaurant with the black guy singing. Yeah. And they're the only people in the restaurant. Yeah. Uh, but they go on a double date because conveniently, Natalie's best friend that was is weird. also dating Rod's best friend. And they spend like two minutes outside of the movie theater. And if Rod and Ramsey are really best friends, how did Re- Rod never meet Ramsey's girlfriend? And then how would like... He never meet Natalie right. through the girlfriend right. or vice versa? Right. No one knows. The world may never know. Uh the girl Ramsey's girlfriend is super into Yoko Ono because when we first see them, she's in a bikini and they're getting ready to do the sex in a hotel room. That with was weird. A big white sign that says imaginepeace.com. Do you think she brought that with her to the hotel room? I wonder. Also, why can you only have sex in hotel rooms? I don't know. Apparently, all the sex scenes in this movie, well, for a fact, all of the sex <laughs> scenes, which he didn't. James Wynn didn't want any nudity. Well, he accomplished that. So the women wear, like, there's a lot of clothes still involved with the sex. We'll just say that. Right. But then when we see Ramsey's girlfriend later, I think her name is Mai, uh, she's wearing an Imagine Peace shirt. So she's, like, really into Imagining Peace Apparently. Um, they go to see An Inconvenient Truth, which is like the perfect date movie. Perfect date movie. And Ramsey decides he no longer wants to buy a Ferrari. He's going to get an economical vehicle to save the planet. Oh, yeah. Oh, then they go on the date to the Pumpkin Festival, which is just like three minutes of them walking around, not Literally saying anything to each other. so others. boring. At one point, they no, stop. No, that's at, the same day. As the date? Yeah, as the bar, yeah. Because they go, they go to the pumpkin festival, they go see her mom, and then they go to the bar. Right. Okay. But we are missing one because at one point they're at dinner and he talks about how she must be lucky because his company was, last week was sold for... That was the, that was the, the one when they're at the restaurant before everything goes down. Because he talks about one week... The Thai restaurant? No, 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 the second restaurant oh, okay. with the guy singing. That's oh, what, so that's right before the bird demic. Right. Okay. Yeah, oh, he also at one point has a startup company that he sells. Suddenly he sells solar no, panels. He, he doesn't sell it, though. I thought they, or they invested he, in they it invested, or something. Yeah. So he's like, he's like, oh, the first week I met you, my company was sold for a billion dollars, and then a bunch of investors got involved with my startup. For ten, what do you say? Ten thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure. Or I don't remember. I'm how pretty much sure it was it ten thousand dollars. Well, re- they just throw mo- they, dollar amounts I in know. this movie. Uh, like this is how the real world works. People just giving money away. It's like a child imagining yeah. what a lot of money is yeah. and just putting that out there. Accurate. Um, so then they go to a hotel room to do the sex, which, why did they go to a hotel room when they both have their own apartments slash houses? I don't know. 
But the yeah. next day they wake up and the bird demic is here. The we it's like the the very first shot is all of these crappy birds flying around in circles and they dive bomb things and they explode. They literally have World War Two sound effects like the. Yeah. Yeah. And they blow up things except for gas stations right because we all know if you explode a gas station pump it won't actually explode if it's a bird it doesn't explode the same way that a gas station would explode makes sense uh there's a lot of the it it does a, a not a good job but they at least try to set up like it's mass chaos right and like Rod and Natalie, they look out their hotel window and there's birds right there mm-hmm. flying in front of the window. And he says something about them like they can't get in for now, like as if they're going to figure out how to get into the hotel room. Wait, they're birds. They they put the mattress in front of the window. Again, they're birds, people. Yeah. Then, they, oh, you know what I just remembered? When they're leaving the movie theater with Ramsey and the other girl, he's like... All right, we got to go do some work. And they're yeah. like, what? It's evening. And he's like, some sensual work. So get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so uncomfortable. Oh, his friend was a perv. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So then they, once the birds finally leave, they go next door. No, they don't go. They run out and they try to, they they find the other people oh, in the hotel room. Oh, I thought the other room. people came in. They're... Uh, no, they they go to the other people. Because gotcha. remember, they were doing that awkward, like, half-crouched, like, kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, like Caitlin said, this is this is a confusing time because <laughs> they didn't change their outfits, so right. we don't know. I don't know how long they were in the hotel for. Yeah. But they meet these other people, and the other people are like, well, I don't... They're like, we gotta go or something. He's like... I lost my car keys. Yeah, Rod somehow lost his car keys in the time he arrived at the hotel to going to the other people. It made no sense. No. I don't know how you lost your car keys, but There are only so many places that the keys could have gone. Right. That hotel room was not that big. We're not and talking about a hotel room with, like, a living room and kitchenette. It was like a shower and a bed. And he Where did, you lose your car keys at. Like, how many feet away was the car parked from? Right. It couldn't have been that many. Right. Uh, so as they're getting ready to leave, the guy's like, oh, we got to take weapons with us. So they grab some of the hotel coat hangers, which, you know, like they don't have the hook on the end. Like, it's just the triangle part. And they're out at the van and the birds are just kind of the the birds never really move. No, they just kind of hang in place and flap their wings. Yeah. And it just it's bad. Yeah. And they're just kind of like flailing around with the coat hangers. Well, the one girl's trying to get the door unlocked. Which I thought this was very funny. It's it's very obviously like the footage like is played back and forth like yeah. a couple times to like that was just funny. Oh my gosh. So then they get in this van and God no, I was just going to let you try to... Well, they get in this van and... Oh, look. They grab... Oh, my gosh. 
they have these guns in this van. And, like, I'm not talking, like, okay, yeah, people carry, like, a no, shotgun. Like a personal handgun. Not a shotgun. Personal handgun. No, this is, like, what kind of gun is that? It, it is what, nor, it is what mainstream people who don't know anything about guns <laughs> would say is an assault rifle. Yeah, like, like a gangster a, weapon. This is like a heavy duty automatic machine gun yeah, type Yeah, that's that's basically what it was. And they they I believe that they're in the state of California. Yeah. And it's just this gun's just sitting in this guy's van. Yeah, like in the front seat. <laughs> it's also the shadiest van I've but ever But also seen. he has two guns in there. Right. It's not like he just has the one. He has another gun. Right. So then they proceed to drive along and and they proceed to drive along and shoot at the birds, birds in the sky. Honestly, they're just being menaces at this point because they're just shooting at innocent birds in the sky. The birds right. aren't even trying to attack them. Right. Um, do they find the kids first? Yeah, they find the kids first. So they see this these cars on the side of the road and they decide to go check it out. And there's some people, there's some dead people. Which everybody dies with scratches on their face right. and their car windows open. Right. So they, they it was suicide, actually. <laughs> Might as well have been. Right. Because these birds, again, are like, they're birds and you're driving and you must have pulled over and rolled down your window to then let the birds in. Because there's no sign of forced entry. There's no shattered glass. No. There's no bird smacked against the windshield. No. It's just people sitting in their car with their windows open. Right. They find a little girl under the car who knows that her mom is dead. So clearly she was in the car when this happened, then made the decision to get under the car. Right. I I don't know if I would find that the safest place. I, I mean, mean, I guess... Better than just sitting there. If you just watched a bird come into the window and kill people. Right. Um, yeah. So then, like, the birds are coming. They're like, oh, we got to go. They open up the trunk of this car, and there's a child in there. And we never address this. We, I don't remember seeing the child prior to the trunk opening. Right. Maybe he put himself in the trunk. They just pop this trunk, and there's a child in the trunk. And no one raises any questions about it. No. No. That's what I'm telling you, a suicide. But, like, murder-suicide. They were, like, killing that child. They were probably like, well, we're going to get caught anyway. <laughs> so they take these kids. Let's assume that they're siblings. They're not. They were in two separate cars. I only remember the one car. No. Oh, no, there was the SUV and then there's the white car. Yeah. he the boy, Yeah. Yeah. So he was in the, the trunk of the white car. Yeah. Where are his parents? I They, they were dead, too. <laughs> There was somebody dead in the front seat, so I imagine I that was his parent. They take these kids. Mm-hmm. The little girl's upset about her mom being dead while she's under the car, but then immediately gets over it. Right. Because the, the boy, boy has, has video a, games. What is that, like Nintendo Switch or something? I don't know. That was a PlayStation, PlayStation. Vita. Oh, okay. I don't remember that, but sure. Yeah. All right. It was their foray into the handheld games market. Okay. They, where do they go? They go to the gas station. They go to the gas station. Because the kids are hungry and want food. And they raid the gas station Mm -hmm. for all of the necessities, such as food. Champagne. Champagne. (laughs) 
and water. And candy. And candy. Right. Then they decide that in the midst of this birdemic to go to the beach Mm -hmm. and have have a beachside picnic. Well, they can't eat in the car. I mean, they're not monsters. Right. But again, there's a birdemic happening. (laughs) There are other people on the beach in the background who appear like to... Like playing have, on the beach. Yeah. They who, didn't get the memo. So apparently the bird demic is exclusive to this small group of six people. Right. They meet Dr. Jones. It is a man on a bridge wearing a tweed jacket and a mask. Yes. And... Who tells them, don't come any closer. Yet they proceed to walk towards him very slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then he proceeds to talk about how this is the Cliff Notes version. Basically, global warming is causing bird flu and SARS, and the birds are upset about global warming, so they're attacking people. Mm-hmm. D- does he say that they're attacking just cars yes. or gas stations, or does the tree hugger say that? The tree hugger. The tree okay. hugger. Okay. So we'll we'll get to the tree hugger. The they tell the doctor to come with them and he goes, No, I'll be fine. He shows that they have a gun and then proceeds to tell him about how he's got a truck and a trailer that he drives around. So with. he's basically safe. Yeah, he's basically set. Um do they leave because the birds show up? Yeah, I think the birds start coming. Yeah. Um, so then they leave. And then, no, before they, no, 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 I actually don't know. I won't, because they are back in their car, but then, then the girlfriend's missing. Well, both girlfriends are missing. Oh, that's what, okay. So they get back in the car and, and I don't even remember the other guy's name. No, I don't even know if we have a name for him. So the other guy that they find asks where his girlfriend Becky is and Rod says she's pooping in so many (laughs) words to which we cut to Natalie and this girl Becky off in the ditch somewhere and (laughs) she's got her toilet paper so she's got her teepee so she's ready to go also like bathrooms don't exist at this point I mean I'm pretty sure I saw a porta potty at the beach and, like, they were at a gas station. That gas station didn't have, like, a bathroom. Yeah, I don't know why. Their houses, they can't go back to their houses. She must have gotten the bird flu and had the <laughs> diarrheas. But, but as- like, they, they're, also their, their, their thought process in a birdemic is let's not go home. Let's keep driving. Yeah, where were Aimlessly? they trying to go? They were not concerned about anything. No. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Okay, so Becky is squatting down to do the business, and as she is mid-squat, the bird swoops down and kills her. (laughs) (laughs) And that just shows how immature I am, that that's like the highlight of the movie for me. It was a little bit of a ridiculous scene, though. It was. so. So then Natalie runs back to the van, and they drive away, and the boyfriend's upset for like a second. Well, he's upset until he sees a double-decker bus. With people getting attacked by birds, which why they got on the bus in the first place, I don't know. It wasn't even a real bus. No, it it was definitely like a tourist attraction. Right. 
Like that, a stationary that tourist was, attraction. That has not moved in years. Right. But they got on the bus. So the boyfriend goes to save them. For Natalie. Yeah, by the way, the boyfriend... Or whatever her name is. I, that's killing me what his name is. Tony? I don't know. Let's say it's Tony. Sure. Tony, or is it Rick? It's Rick. Okay. Because it's Rick, Ramsey, and and Rod. Okay. Rick, uh, he goes and tries to save them. Well, okay, what was I saying before? He shoot throws this line out about how he went to Iraq and he's tired of all the killing. Yeah, he's like, just give peace a chance. Just give peace a chance. He literally says that. Yeah. I just wish people would give peace a chance. All right, great. You're in the middle of a birdemic. <laughs> I don't think the birds care about peace. Uh, Maybe. Maybe that's why they're angry. We don't know. Yeah. Well, no, they're angry because of global warming oh, and they're having right. their revenge. Could have and bird flu. Clear. He... Rick is, like, attacking these birds, trying to save these people. These people do not want to leave the bus. No! He literally goes in and grabs them and drags them out. Drags them out. And arguably, despite the fact that they're screaming and pounding on the glass of this bus, they are safer there. Right. But he rips them all out of this bus, and then he's, like, shoots the birds and kills them, and they explode. But acid explodes. They explode into acid and their faces melt off. Yeah. And that's. But those are the only birds that explode to ash. Yeah. So we have we have the bomb birds. We have acid birds. And we have acid birds. And follow. Cool. And then we have birds that don't do anything. Right. They uh, they find out that the that Ramsey and Mai are dead because they find their car on the side of the road. Yeah. Where were they going? I don't know. Where are all these people going during they're the bird They're getting out of the bird Arguably, dynamic. they're safer at home. Yeah. Um, they stop for gas. and It's going to be $100 a gallon. Yeah, the guy says it's going to be $100 a gallon. And that there's no phones working, but somehow the credit card machine's still working because that's how Rod pays for the gas. They get pulled over by a guy who holds them at gunpoint for their tank of gas, their extra can of gas that we never saw them fill up. No. And my favorite part about that scene is the guy doesn't say, give me your gas. He points the gun at Rod and says, you're going to sell me this gas. Like (laughs) he wants to buy it. He's not a criminal. Yeah, he's not a criminal, even though he has a gun and he could just take it at this point. (laughs) And as he's walking away from the van, not even toward his own car, Mm -mm. because his car was in front of them, Mm -hmm. a bird swoops down and slices his neck. And that's how he dies. So that's when they run into the forest and meet Mr. Treehugger. Which I don't... Oh, they go to the forest because... They need fresh water. Despite the fact that they picked up gallons of water and at the gas station. And a case of station, water. They apparently drank all of it. And they leave behind the gas tank after the guy dies who tried to buy it from them. Right. They meet a tree hugger who says that the birds are only attacking people in cars and gas stations. Yet everyone continuously gets in their car. Yeah, but also they get attacked a lot. Like Becky, when she was pooping, was not in right. a car. Right. She should have been safe. Do, here's here's a really good question. 
how do the birds know that the cars and the gas are causing the global warming? Well, birds are a very intelligent species. They're very intuitive, aren't they? They are. They know. I've never thought that about birds. Well, you were wrong. Maybe that's why they're eagles. They're actually in cahoots with the polar bears. Oh, okay. The polar bears are the ones that sent the birds on this mission. It's like they're masterminding the whole thing. Right. Okay, okay. Because you can believe polar bears smarter than a bird. I mean, a little bit, yeah. 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 Okay. I follow. (laughs) You follow now? They finish up their... So they meet the tree hugger. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is my home. I have a tree up here. He is the best wig I've ever seen. It was so realistic, I wasn't convinced it was a wig. I I had to point it out to you. Yeah. That's how... And I still didn't believe it, so I Googled it, and I was like, oh, that is a wig. You saw a picture of the guy, and you said, oh, there's no he, way that that's his real hair now right. that I see him. Except his hair looks fine. <laughs> <laughs> He would have been very believable as a tree right. hugger without the wig. Right. Uh, okay, but he had a wig. Yeah. He, then he, like, you hear, like, this growling sound off screen, and he's like, a mountain lion, I gotta go. <laughs> and then the forest catches on fire. Yeah. After abruptly. he said, my job is to, I live here to protect the we- the redwood forest. Maybe that was a sign that he got eaten by the mountain lion. Because he could no longer protect the forest Like he's point. magic? Yeah. And his soul, once his soul leaves the forest, yeah. it catches on fire? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll buy it. It's not <laughs> the strangest thing to happen in this movie. It they, follows the plot, so. Yeah. The children then complain of hunger again. Because apparently these kids are... Again, like, I don't know how many days have come by, so maybe it's a realistic complaint. Like, maybe they've been on the road for two days now and haven't eaten. I Time is so irrelevant, I don't know. Yeah, but also, like, there are lots of other cars on the road that are very obviously not afraid of the birdemic. No. Because they're not aware that they're in a movie. No. <laughs> so... They pull over to the beach, which appears to be the same beach that they keep stopping at. Yeah, they they use this beach a lot throughout the movie. And Rod opens up the trunk and says, hey, a fishing rod. And a pan. And a stove. Yeah. <laughs> I can go catch some fish. The kids, and he tells them to go get some seaweed, which, mm-hmm. like, I know that seaweed's edible, but, like, ew. Right. Why, why not just fish? Right. The kids complain of wanting a happy meal, which makes sense because They're Rod, children. We, right. And Rod also appears to not be, not understand how to cook a fish. No. Because he does not descale it. Also, he gets one tiny fish for the four of them. Yeah, but like he knows the kids aren't going to eat a whole lot. Okay. He knows that he's going to have to feed them in like a couple hours anyway. <laughs> so why bother? Why bother? Then the birds show up again. So they go to the one place that the tree hugger told him not to go, their car, and then the birds just fly uh, away. No, a bird slams into their windshield. Oh, yeah, the bird slams into their windshield and dies, but doesn't But explode, doesn't blow up the car. Which I was disappointed about that. Yeah. Then they get out of the van. And uh, the birds fly away. And they walk to the beach and watch the birds fly away. And... For a very long time. It's like... 
at least three minutes of just sitting there and they're staring at these birds. Nobody's saying off. anything. Nobody says, I don't even think there's a final line to the there's movie. There's not. There's not. It just ends. It just ends. And, uh, yeah. So there we go. That's Birdemic. I'm exhausted. Do you think that Rod and Natalie are going to survive? Because, I, I like, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know how much time went by. Maybe they were already married. I don't know. Maybe they had been together forever by the time this movie ends. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I, um, feel, I like to think that a tragedy brings them closer together. I like to think that they adopted those two children. I also like to think that it's very co- coincidental that they described each other as their dream person. Yeah, that was nice. So, I mean, I think they're, like, set up for life. Probably. If Also, if you can take someone to an inconvenient truth on a double date and they don't hate you afterward, maybe they're the one. Maybe they're the one. Also, I mean, I don't know how you say no to someone who protects you from a birdemic. Right. And Rod did a pretty good job. He got the coat hangers. He got the coat hangers, and he was, he was very inventive, when he ran out of bullets. Yeah. The the guns in this movie have like an endless supply of bullets. So much. Until he needs to run out of bullets. Right. For the story. That is one. That is something. Real talk for a second. That is something that I pay attention to in movies. That really bugs me. Yeah. When people just have endless bullets. And they don't take that into consideration when they're. Like you need to reload eventually. How could you make a movie and say like. Like, I'm not going to worry about this right, person reloading. They right. just they have an endless supply of And people will buy that. Right. That that is one of those things that legitimately, you know who did that to me? Hmm. Joel. Joel pointed that out to really? me and no, ever since then, can't watch a movie the same way. You know who does a good job with it though? Heat. Heat is a fantastic movie. It is a good movie. I love Heat. I'd watch it again. I think that we should. Mhm. I Still want my dad to watch it. Yeah. Did I tell you? So I found this thing online the other day. It was a clip of Tom Cruise from the movie Collateral reloading his gun. And apparently they showed that scene in tactical gun classes. So I sent it to my dad and I said, hey, I thought you'd appreciate this. And he said. And he sent it back saying, I just watched that 10 times. That's fantastic. Oh, wow. (laughs) Legitimately the longest text my dad has ever (laughs) sent me. (laughs) That's impressive. All right, so Rod and Natalie, they're probably set for life, right? Probably. What you know more what we could should start ranking? We should start ranking the couples in these movies, like whether or not we think that they're fit to be together. That would be... Rod and Natalie are fit to be together. Yeah, they're like legitimately perfect. And Same that... about Ramsey and May. Yeah, they were great. So great. Here's the thing with this movie. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Mm -hmm. However, it is a chore to watch this movie. It would be a long time before I rewatch this movie. But if if I wanted to show it to somebody, I would rewatch it today. This is a perfect show people bad movie. Yeah. Like, oh, you've never seen Birdemic? All right. Set aside two hours because this is what we're doing now. Right. So because of that, like... Quality, this is a very bad movie. Mm-hmm. So lots of points for being bad. Yes. The enjoyment, pretty high. Yes. 
rewatchability? I don't know. The enjoyment was pretty high, but like also it was kind of painful because I was starting to get really bored. Yeah, I remember at first you were very excited about the prospect of watching someone live their life. And yeah. And then 45 minutes <laughs> went by and you said, I hate everything. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. I want to put this in like the upper middle section of our list. Okay. Like right now, I'm kind of thinking in between Little Italy and Secret Obsession. That's what I was going to say. Oh. Dream team. Dream team. I know that we kind of flew through the end there, but this podcast was getting pretty long. and. But also the movie kind of does that, so just yeah, matching so, that tone. Yeah. You know, we could talk about it for like another 30 minutes and our podcast would be as long as the movie. <laughs> uh, do you have any other thoughts that you want to share about this? I think we got all of it out. Yeah, I think I hit all my dialogue concerns yeah i was surprised that we remembered a lot more than i thought i think that you should watch this movie though oh yeah definitely it's watch worth this movie. a watch it's it's great you know get a couple brewskis or a cocktail if that's your thing or you know some boxed wine and uh <laughs> just load up birdemic it's on amazon prime right now and i don't think it's going anywhere i'm surprised it's on amazon prime oh don't be you can put anything on, on Prime. Really? I mean, did you see all those trailers that we watched when we finished the movie? That is true. Those are quality. Watched a trailer for a movie called Killer Pinata, which will be on this podcast at some point. That movie looked amazing. Caitlin, what are we doing next week? I have no idea. Great. Me neither. We will figure it out, though. We will figure it out. You know, there are a very small list of bad Thanksgiving movies, so I'm really excited for December. Because we can watch A Christmas Prince 2 finally. Uh, no. It's going to be great. That uh, makes me ruin Christmas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing can ruin Christmas. Uh, as always, don't have any more social media, so tell your friends and family about this via the word of mouth or head over to ajourneyintofilm.com and check it out. You can see our definitive bad movie date night ranking list on there in case you're like, you know what? I'm going to watch a bad movie tonight. And you can uh, just kind of see the order that we have them in. And uh, if you have any complaints about it, tough. And talk. we'll talk to you guys next week. Go watch... What is this movie called? Bird oh, Birdemic. Demic. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said Attack of the Birds. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's pretty close. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness.